Hi folks and welcome to the Perfume Making Podcast with me, Karen Gilbert. So in today's episode, I wanted to give you a, a little bit of a beginner's guide, if you like, to getting started with making your own perfume. Now, the chances are that you are here listening to this podcast because you want to learn how to make perfume. But either either you don't know where to start or you have already started, but you keep getting overwhelmed with the amount of stuff you need to learn. And maybe you're going around in circles and you're not getting started or you have got started and things keep going wrong and you don't really know what you're doing wrong. So I've got a little bit of a three-step process that I guide all of my students through, and that is what I wanted to share with you today. Now, obviously, it goes into, there's a lot more depth than I can cover in this podcast episode, but this is going to be a little bit of an overview and a guide to get you started. And obviously, if you want to go further, you can check out some of my courses on my website, which is karengilbert.co.uk. I will put it in the show notes. And um, yeah, so I want to encourage everyone, whatever stage that you're at, to get started with either making a fragrance, even if it's just for yourself. You don't need to be doing this to create a full blown perfume brand. This is this is for you if you want to just make something for yourself that's individual or, you know, make a perfume for your mum as a gift on Mother's Day or, you know, your auntie or your sister or your brother, you know, anyone or your best friend. So I believe that everyone can do this, but often the kind of overwhelm that kicks in means that you either don't start or you kind of get a bit Frust- you, so you sort of like buy the kit and then you kind of get a bit frustrated and then you just put it away and don't ever touch it again. And I know that a lot of people that I come into contact with who either email me or who end up on, in my courses have said, oh God, you know, I bought, I had spent loads of money on this kit and then I've never done anything with it because I got a bit scared and a bit nervous. So this guide, if you've ever felt any of those things, this episode is for you. So right now, um, there is a, you know, potentially you're doing one of two things. And this is what I see quite a lot with my students. And I see, you know, some people just get stuck in this reading and learning mode. So they read loads and they learn loads. And I do see people do this on my courses as well. And this is something that I bang on about in my mastermind all the time, because I get a lot of people who have been there, you know, sometimes for, you know, a month or two, maybe even a year if it's if they're really bad procrastinators. And they think that they need to learn everything before they even get started making and formulating a perfume. Now, I just want to say right off the bat that that is not the best way to learn. So some, if you are that person that is always in that learning reading mode, this is for you. And the other type of people that I see often is that people who are trying to formulate fragrances and they are getting started and they are rolling up their sleeves and getting stuck in. But those fragrances are consistently not turning out how they want them to smell. And they keep getting frustrated and thinking, oh, I can't do it. Maybe maybe I'm not talented enough. Maybe I haven't got what it takes. So 
I've seen both of those and varying degrees in between so many times before, which is what actually prompted me to create this guide and this episode. And the fact is that although it is getting better, the fragrance industry is still quite secretive and there's still a lot of smoke and mirrors that go on. And over the years, I've seen so many creative people not really having access to the training that they need to get started. And that is why I started teaching people how to make their own perfumes. This was way back in 2010. Nowadays, you know, gosh, you know, 13 years later, there are so many different um, courses that people can take. There are YouTube videos, there are books, you know, there's lots and lots of different options for you now. But when I first started teaching um, all those years ago, there wasn't really the access to training. So nowadays, really, you've got no excuse. <laughs> um, and I also saw a lot of people and this, this, to be honest, this is this still happens today, even with the access to all of this information. You know, there are still people out there who are kind of disheartened because, you know, they have this belief that perfumery is only for industry trained noses. Or maybe you could do like a little aromatherapy blend, but, you know, you can't make an actual perfume because that is just for industry trained noses. Now, I'm here to tell you that times have changed a lot and you've only got to look out there at all of the indie brands that are doing really, really well to know that customers are really craving more individual artistic products. And yes, of course, there's always going to be room for commercial fragrances for top, you know, elite perfumers with with like 30 years experience and the production and the and the materials that are available with the big commercial fragrance companies. Well, you know, the indie artisan brands are not trying to compete with those. They're different. And it creates this amazingly diverse landscape of what is available for customers now. And there is a market for products that are created with heart and soul. And when I talk about artisan perfumery, I'm talking about, you know, artisans who do everything from come up with the creative direction, the idea, choose the materials and actually put the fragrance together and bottle it and then sell it to the customers. I love that part of the the perfumery industry. And the bigger you scale in your business, the less likely that is going to be possible. So there, you know, I have people email me all the time saying, oh, you know, I'm not even sure if the market is too oversaturated. Can I can I actually make this a success? And I'm here to tell you that you can. No, you might not sell a million bottles like the or millions of bottles like the commercial brands. But you can definitely, if you really put the time, put the effort and you have the talent and the creativity, you can definitely do this, even if it is on a small scale. And don't let overwhelm or lack of confidence stand in your way. You know, there are people out there looking for bespoke signature scents, things that are individually made for them, fragrance experiences, small indie brands. You know, there is such a wide scope of what is possible now. Okay, so without further ado, here are the three things that I want you to focus on and keep focusing on. Now, this is my little three-step process, if you like, and it might sound simple, but each of these steps is actually quite in-depth. So I'm going to just give you an overview today, and then we can dig into them in further episodes. But also, you know, if you want to get cracking right away, then just let me know and 
you know, maybe jump on one of my courses. I've got courses of all different levels and different topics. So you can do that. And I will put my website in the show notes so you can have a look at what is available. But for the moment, I want you to keep coming back to these three things, right? So the first one is all about materials. So your daily process, if you really want to become proficient at perfumery, is to learn your materials. And I mean, really, really learn them, study them. It's more about, it's like being a detective. You know, when I was a kid, (laughs) I loved watching like detective um, movies. And, you know, I grew up at a time, my, my nan used to watch Agatha Christie and I was like, obsessed with becoming a detective and I I often think in a in a pre you know in another life maybe that's what I would have done for a living because I love like you know delving into and pulling things apart and really understanding the depth of things and so really really be a detective when it comes to learning your materials and you know I often get questions from people asking you know how do I make my perfume last longer or how do I make my perfume smell stronger? And the answer always, always comes back to learning your materials. Unfortunately, you know, there are some materials that add, you know, longevity and diffusion, etc., to a fragrance. But unfortunately, there is no magic bullet or the secret ingredient that you sprinkle into a perfume to fix or balance a fragrance. You will only know how to do that if you know your materials inside out. Now, I know that all of you probably know that um, intellectually, right? But how many of you are actually doing it? You know, we can know something intellectually, but actually to embody it is a whole different level. And that is on every, you know, there, that can be applied to many, many different parts of life, right? But it is very, very relevant when it comes to learning your materials. And it's not just about reading about them, you have to actually set aside time every day to study your materials. So this is what I want you to do if you're really serious about this. Here is the structure that I want you to follow. So first off, start with naturals. So break those naturals down into categories such as citrus, floral, spicy, woody, etc. Now, in a previous episode, I gave you a starter kit of what I would suggest that you start with. So start with those materials. You don't have to buy all of the things. You can just start with a few from each category. And I would get a notebook just for this and set aside time each day just even if it's like five or 10 minutes to smell two or three materials. Now I want you to, when you do that, I don't want you to just smell them, go, oh yeah, that's nice, whatever. I want you to smell them. I want you to do this in a very, very, um, you know, controlled way. You know, methodical is probably the word. I want you to do this in a very methodical way. Write your observations on an immediate sniff. I want you to obviously use a smelling strip. We talked about that in the materials equipment episode, but I want you to don't, I don't want you sniffing from the bottle. Um, I will talk a bit bit more about smelling strips in another episode, but um, for now, just get some of the long smelling strips. And that's what I want you to use for this particular exercise. I want you to write your material, the name of it on the end of the smelling strip, dip your smelling strip, and I want you to give it a quick sniff. And I want you to write your observations on immediate sniff. First sniff, 
write your observations. And then at intervals throughout the day, I want you to smell it again and write down your observations. If you want, if you need to go out, you know, carry those smelling strips with you if you can. Um, if you dip them before you leave the house, so if you go, go out to work, maybe dip them in the morning, um, write your observations and maybe take your notepad with you and, you know, put them in, in between the pages or put them in a little plastic baggie, something like that and take them with you. So no excuses for like, I don't have time. So once you've got a collection of materials, you can then start to organize them into categories. So, and then you can take one from each category. And this is something that, a fragrance, a perfumer and fragrance teacher, Jean Carles, um, back in the day taught as part of the Jean Carles method. So some of you might have heard that, but what he encouraged people to do is when learning materials, this was for new perfumery students, take one material from each category and compare them so that you get a really good idea of what the different characteristics of that family are. So for example, you would might take one material from the citrus category, one from the spicy, one from the woody, etc., and smell each one and say, okay, well I know, I understand what citrus is, I understand what spicy is, for example. Now that seems quite basic, but it is something that all perfumers go through in their training. And I would suggest that you do this too. And then once that you're confident you you understand the fragrance families, Take a couple from the same family, so maybe two or three citrus materials and smell them side by side. And this is so that you can start to see the differences and the nuances within materials of the same family. So, for example, if you compared bergamot to lemon to grapefruit, what is it about? You know, you can smell all of them and say, well, they're all citrus, but actually what is it that makes the bergamot different to the lemon and what makes the lemon different to the grapefruit, for example. And so really this this step one is something that you kind of rinse and repeat, literally probably for the rest of your perfume life, because you're always going to come into contact with new materials. And I would suggest that every time you get a new material, you go through this same process. So the second part of this structure for getting started with your perfume training and your perfume making is super, super important. Um, and that is to focus on accords. Now, I'm going to do a whole episode on accords, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of an overview of the process. So I wouldn't suggest that you start with one and you just learn your materials and you don't start doing anything else until you've learned all of the things. That's not what I'm saying here. I want you to start doing all of these three um, at the same time almost. So I know that a lot of people who get stuck in the learning stage are like, oh, well, I need to learn my materials before I can do a course or I, I need to learn my materials before I can start blending them. That is not what I'm saying here. Materials are super important, but you will only start to learn more about them if you start to actually work with them and blend them together. Now, what I see a lot of people doing is trying to make a perfume straight off the bat. And I've said this before, and I will say it many, many times again, if you do that, you're going to get disheartened, you're going to make mistakes, things are going to smell muddy, um, you're not going to know what you're doing, you're not going to get it right, you might get it right first time, you know, might have a happy accident, but you're not really going to learn anything from it. I always suggest to all, and this is what I teach all of my students, 
if you try to create a finished fragrance as a beginner, you can end up not knowing where you went wrong and then you won't be able to learn from that mistake. When you start out with perfume making, all formulation exercises are experiments. And even when you've got a lot more experience, there is still a lot of experimentation in perfumery. So I would always suggest that you start off focusing on building accords and that will give you the basis to then go on to create finished fragrances. So what is an accord? As I said, I'm going to do a little bit more on the in depth on this in a separate episode. But just for now, an accord is a harmonious blend of two or more materials that when you combine them together, they no longer smell of one thing or another, but something completely new. And I know that there's such a temptation to dive in and try and make a complete perfume. I know like people do that all the time and... And it's very, very tempting. But if you do this, you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to end up disheartened when things don't work out and you might give up. Or even if you're a little bit more persistent, you're going to waste loads of time and potentially waste loads of expensive materials. If you focus on creating simple accords and recording your results and your formulations in a notebook, you're going to start to build up your own library of combinations that work. Accords are the building blocks of perfume. And I would rather, I've said this so many times, I would rather you create 10 great accords and learn from that than one shambolic fragrance that doesn't work and you don't know what you did or where you went wrong. So when you start out, try to stick to using three materials especially if you're using naturals only in an accord. Now, the more you add, the more complex it will become and the more muddled it can become if you are using highly complex materials such as absolutes and essential oils. So keep it simple, especially when you first start out. You can always add complexity later as you go. So you can create accords from materials in the same fragrance family, such as all citrus materials or all woody materials or all green materials, for example. You can create accords with different in different fragrance families, such as like a woody spicy or a floral green. You can create accords with the same level of volatility. So materials that are all top notes, for example, or all mid notes um, or all base notes. Um, or you can create accords with a combination of top, middle and base notes. So we will go into this in, in other episodes. And I just wanted to give you a little bit of an overview here. But yeah, you can do all of those things. And honestly, it really does depend on what you're creating. If you are using a combination of naturals and synthetics, you can use a lot more. And I'm not saying that accords are only three materials. But when you start out, especially with naturals, I found, especially with my um, my students who are super beginner, stick to three materials and that will give you a really good understanding of how those materials work together without overwhelming yourself. So I always talk about it. It's a bit like juggling, right? So if you've got one ball, it's easy to throw it up in the air and catch it. Two balls, you can sort of, you know, juggle them a bit and, you know, it's, it's easy. The third one, you know, you add the third ball in and with a little bit of practice, you can, you can juggle those three balls. The more you add, more balls you add in, the more likely you are to drop them. And it's, you know, as a, as a bit of a, an analogy for perfume making, the more materials you add to an accord or to a blend, the less likely you are to know what it is that went wrong. 
um, if it goes wrong, if you are unfamiliar with your materials. I mean, once you know your materials inside out, you you know, you should become pretty prof- proficient at like understanding what went wrong. Um, but this is really for those of you starting out. So stick to three if you can. And um, and you can always add more from there as you become more proficient in your perfumery skills. Okay, so the third thing um, that I want you to focus on when you start out with creating fragrances or learning perfumery, especially after you've started to you've learning you're learning your materials and you've created some accords. When you finally come to putting your accords together and expanding or developing them out into a full blown fragrance, it's really, really important to have a plan. So I want you to always keep in mind creating a story or a brief or at least a plan for your perfume. So in the fragrance industry, this would be called creating a brief. So it would include things like, you know, what's the purpose of the fragrance? Who is it for? How much should it cost? You know, all of those ins and outs that that um, come into the briefing process of creating a perfume. What a lot of people will sometimes miss, though, is the story. So you're creating a when you're creating a perfume, you're creating a story without words, right? A piece of art that just like evaporates into the air. So something abstract that has no physical form. So think about what you want to feel when smelling the fragrance. Or if you are creating this for a brand or another person, what do you want that person to feel? You know, what images do you want to conjure up? And what makes a fragrance great rather than simply a nice smell often is the story behind it. So when I teach my um, classes, whether it's an in-person class or whether it's my online programs, I always tell people to create their fragrances based on a theme or a story. You know, often people just go look at their materials and say, oh, I like this, I like that. And then they pull together a bunch of materials they like the smell of. And then they try and shoehorn all of them into a perfume without having a clear idea of what they want the end result to smell like. And this is the surest route to failure. So even often what I find is I tell people this up front and there's always going to be that one person that says, yeah, 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 but I like that and I like that. And then they find that they don't actually create the fragrance that they wanted because they haven't really got a clear idea of where they were going. It's a bit like, you know, walking down a path if you don't, you know, or following a map. It's all very well having, you know, saying, oh, I want to go for a walk. But if you are wanting to get from A to B, you need to have a map of how to get there. Otherwise, you could end up going around in circles. And that's the same with perfumery. So, there's no point in trying to make a fragrance if you don't know what you want it to smell like. Yeah, of course, if you're in an experimental, if you're just having a play and having a dabble, that's absolutely fine. But if you are sitting down to create a perfume, um, you really need to have an idea of what you want the end result to smell like. And it is a bit like, you know, trying to paint a picture by gathering the paints that you want to use and saying, oh, I want some blue, some green and some yellow, but I don't know what the end result is going to look like. And I know that sounds a little bit basic, but so many people don't do this. And I've seen this over the last however many years that I've been teaching perfume making, like there are always so many people that don't do that. And the other thing that actually that I see a lot of people doing, and this is especially with people who 
are creating therapeutic fragrances or fragrances for skincare products, that is creating a fragrance that doesn't have a really strong or clear theme. So it, it, it kind of goes something a little bit like this. So, you know, you might not want a story for your scent. Maybe it is for a product that has a therapeutic benefit. So people sometimes say, oh, you know, I want it to smell uplifting. I want it to smell exotic. Maybe I want it to smell energizing. Right. What does that actually mean? And does that mean the same thing to everyone else? Or, or just to you, you need to get really, really specific and spend a bit of time on this before you start creating. And if you are creating what we would call a, like a fine fragrance, so that is a perfume to be sprayed on the skin or into the air, something that is just a perfume for perfume's sake, remember you're creating a fantasy, you know, a story to take someone who the person who smells it on a journey and planning that out is going to help you to choose the materials that you use in the fragrance, not the other way around. And, you know, if you're creating a fragrance for a therapeutic product or a skincare product, then the fragrance that you're creating should support the claims of the product and add to the perception of that product by the customer. It needs to support all of your product claims. And so you need to decide what you want the customer to feel or believe about the product when they smell it. And if the fragrance is out of alignment with their expectations of that product, it's going to have a negative effect and they might not buy it. So that is for those of you who are creating skincare products that might be thinking, oh, well, I'm not interested in creating perfume, so it doesn't apply to me. It's still a fragrance. It's still a scent. You still have to have that you know, guideline of, of what you want, either you'll if you're making it for yourself, what do you want to feel when you smell or use that product? And actually, if you've got particular ingredients in that product, what are the materials? What is the scent that will support those benefits in the mind of the customer when they open that jar and sniff it for the first time? So quick recap before we close off this episode. First thing, learn your materials thoroughly and set up a regular system of study. So that's super, super important. Start by creating accords rather than finished fragrances. And this is going to teach you how the materials interact with each other. And you can then start to combine your accords once you've nailed that bit into your finished fragrances. And before you even get to that point of creating a finished fragrance, make sure you start with a story or a theme for your fragrance that supports the product that it's going into. So the story or the theme is going to determine the fragrance and the materials you use, not the other way around. So a couple of tips for you here, and I will go more into this in future episodes, but I will add a couple of blog posts to the show notes here for some other tips for you that sometimes are a little bit easier to read or there's one is a tutorial. So tip one is, and I've said this in the equipment list, make sure you weigh, when you're coming to create your accords and your fragrances, make sure you weigh your materials and don't use drops. Now I have got a weighing perfume materials demo tutorial that I will stick in the show notes and so you can actually watch me doing that, which will might make it a little bit easier for you to, to get to grips with if you're just starting out. And the second tip I've got for you in this is 
diluting your materials before you start. So I do have a blog post on that, but I will do a specific um, episode on on diluting materials that goes into a little bit more depth, but I will put the blog post in the show notes. Now, the reason that I would suggest you dilute your materials is to prevent wastage. So that is the second tip there. Of course, there is a lot more to learn and you need to really, really, it's all about practice. So don't get stuck in the learning, 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 reading stage um, to become really proficient. Yes, you need to learn techniques, etc. But you also need to actually roll up your sleeves and get making as well. But if you stick to this structure, you'll find you will move forward much, much more quickly and be less overwhelmed. So every time you feel a bit stuck, just come back to this, this list or have another listen to this episode and ask yourself, which bit of this do I need to focus on here? Am I just not familiar enough with my materials? Am I trying to make a full-blown perfume? Maybe I should just practice my accords. And have I got a really clear idea of what I want to create? Or do I need to do a little bit more work of planning, writing a brief, or creating a story? So hopefully that helped. And thank you so much for listening. As always, Please, if you like this, do um, follow, subscribe, like, give me a review um, just to let me know that I am on the right track with my content. If there's anything that you would like me to cover, drop me an email to podcast at karengilbert.co.uk. And if you do want any extra help with your perfumery training, I do have a lot of online and in-person courses available and I will put those in or the link to my website in the show notes. And um, yeah, happy perfume making and I will speak to you all next time. 